0: Session. I'm Leslie the third. I'm Jack Allison. We did our Meltdown Maze series and we thought we were done with it. We thought people were done completely losing their shit uh, online for the year. We thought they had gotten it out of the way. But apparently, uh, that is not the case. If you have not had a chance uh, to check out the discourse, the conversation, mm. the things that are happening online, they are some, it's it some of the worst been- thing.
1: I think everybody's like. I really do feel like I'm like. Maybe it's because it's the end of the year and this has just been such a wretched year or something like that. But people are like losing their shit and like I really. It's been extremely weird. We'll get into it, but yeah,
0: I, uh, yeah. I I was trying to think of a name of for. I was thinking maybe wiling out winter. I guess really? yeah yeah. It's, I because I feel for it feels like you know it's not gonna end. It's not going to be specific to December. I think it started around November. It's just going to keep uh, growing because there's nothing else to do. The weather's turning bad, uh, COVID spiking up, and it's just people are going to be more online. They're going to be worse online.
1: Yeah, no, we're we're into the sort of you know second round of staying home for COVID, and you know a lot of people have just been home that whole time. But I think that this just the psychological. You know, the holidays basically being canceled and the second COVID wave coming and they so that's still not over. People have really been going apeshit. It's really been wild out there. I can't, I, you know, Leslie, I've been playing more Grand Theft Auto online these days. And so I'll spend like an entire day not on Twitter and then come back on and just to like try to catch up with where the discourse <laughs> has moved to. I'm like, this place is fucked up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it is is pretty uh, dark. Let's. Uh, I will start. You know, with kind of a lighter one, a sillier, uh, one, and one that we've seen in one form or another uh, before. I'm not actually going to name the actual person because a lot, enough people have yelled at them. But there was a big long thread from this, um, YA author that basically uh, tried to cancel every uh, classy. book classic book and say like they're bad and kids shouldn't read them. Moby Dick, it literally kills brain cells. Catcher in the Rye, ah, stop. The Adventures of Huck Finn, can we stop with the racist books? Oh, man. Already? Oh uh, man! Scarlet leather. Listen, anyone who tells you this is good writing has not read it in a million years. Anything by Hemingway is cancelled because misogyny. I mean, this is one of these things where I'm like, we should not all be on the same website. You know what I mean? Like, if you're
1: on some YA message board and you want to post about how like Hemingway sucks and like you're on a YA message board. You know what I mean? You're on the YA subreddit at that Point so maybe there's like-minded people. It's so weird to just toss that into the general conversation. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. it's just so weird to like in the middle of everything else be like, and you know what else? Fuck Moby Dick. Yeah. Everyone's like, what the hell are you talking
0: about? <laughs> people uh, were not happy with it, and I, I know we're very mean to YA sometimes. I know we, I have a there's a lot of sweet people in YA who read YA, but like.
1: I'm reading YA. I'm reading the extended universe right now. That's YA. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. So, yeah. some, of, Yeah, you're reading some of the YA ones? I'll
1: tell you what, it's for babies pretty much. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I mean, I'm reading the New Jedi Order, but yeah, it's a little YA. Yeah, the
0: New Jedi Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so strange to me that YA is such a thing now because when I was in high school, there, Like, there was no such thing as way YA. Like, in elementary school and middle school, you read baby books. Yeah. And then when you got to high school, you just read books. Like and, books, yeah. Yeah, there was no middle period. And, in fact, that my earliest memory... Of the modern YA would be Harry Potter, and all the people who I knew were into that, they were all like 25. Like every single person I knew was into that was like 25 from like jump.
1: I guess it's always been around, but the being so, such a big part of people's lives when they're not young adults any longer maybe is new, but you know, I'm someone who still reads comic books, so you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: that was YA back in the day. It is funny. It's like, it's
1: funny. It's like, I don't. Except as a joke, I don't post, like, Batman's better than Moby Dick. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, well, we're just on, you know, it's just weird that we're all on this general forum together. Yes.
0: (laughs) So, uh, another one that was, you know, pretty funny, annoying but funny, was the NYC New York uh, bodega thing. Uh, This is another goodie, too, so... So there's always this thing where there's this thing about New Yorkers where they think that they are the only people on the planet who have bodegas when really the thing is they just call their convenience stores bodegas. Okay, listen. I don't even
1: want to get into
0: the conversation
1: about bodegas. Let's just talk for just a moment here about what happened. I'm only about the facts here, Leslie. I'm not trying.
0: We call it a Kona store in Louisiana. It's a Kona store.
1: I'm not trying to get into the discourse. I simply want to report the facts. (laughs) What happened here is that someone posted a semi-annoying tweet being like, what where if you're not in new york where do you and you don't have bodegas like where do you go to like buy toilet paper and then get way too many m&ms or something stupid like some whack shit like that and then everyone it truly was like at first people were like, ha this person's like acting like, you know, there are not stores in New York. And then like a few hours later, it was everybody being like, how dare this person say that there are no stores anywhere but in New York. <laughs> and I just really this one was one of the ones where I was like, I tried to I came back in like midway and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, Because, you know, this 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 got so big. And then by the next day, this other person, because of, like, I think the backlash to this first person, you know, yeah, because a lot of people
0: were like, fuck New York, fuck Fuck New York, New York, which which is always fair. It's like whatever.
1: Like, I think it's you live in like. You know what I mean? Like, you, live, you do
0: live in a pretty cool city like you live you should in be New, able, New
1: York. Like, why do you give a shit? Like, <laughs> if you love New York so much and you're so pissed off, like, go out and enjoy the city you love so much. Like, go walk outside. <laughs> hey, go
0: to Central Park.
1: Yeah. Go to Central Park or whatever the fuck uh, uh, you like. You know, go buy a hot dog. <laughs> um, it's all good. Uh, you know, uh, who cares? People talk shit about L.A. all the time. You know, anyway. So by the, by the second day, you know, uh, uh, of. People just being like, fuck New York a little bit. Someone who, by the way, it turns out is like a dildo blogger, (laughs) does a post that's like, you know, people hate on New York, but we, our taxes like fund your lifestyles. And I'm like, first of all, number one, Whose lifestyles are being funded by like taxpayer dollars to begin with? Yeah, other than like cops, you
0: know yeah. what I mean? I, the person who said this, I will name that's uh Lux Alptram. She is, you know, a, sec- a writer, a sex blogger uh pretty strange character online uh, listen
1: i have no problem with with dildo blogging to, to begin with i just think that probably the tax contribution of someone doing dildo blogging is not really paying that much you yeah, know what I absolutely mean? but I, I you know you, unless unless she's also saying like i count you know uh uh i count mike bloomberg's money along with mine as we're both new yorkers you know what i mean like <laughs>
0: why and like why 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 are like adults having these conversations these are like these are things that like teenagers fight about right like who's the best city our city is the coolest and we pay for all like this is stuff like like you would talk about talk shit like on a mesh board when you're like 20 not like 50 but and and let's talk just for a second here about like Um, I don't give a
1: fuck. I mean, what you're saying is there's a lot of rich people in New York.
0: Yeah, you say that
1: like, oh, New York pays a lot in taxes more than other states. I'm like, yeah, I sure agree with you. Like, there's an inordinate amount of mega rich people in New York. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of very very rich people there. uh, (laughs) You know, concentrated in one place. That went so far and got so weird and I you think know. the
0: original person was like trying to mock the thing that she ended up becoming I think she was actually mocking people who make those posts sincerely it was i have very, no
1: idea yeah it's
0: very, the way she wrote it i mean it's, it was a masterful uh, tweet obviously <laughs> in, in some in one way or the other but it's very it's unclear if the person was actually mocking the thing or doing the thing that they were mocking but people took it as like someone uh, literally saying that no one uh, has like st- like 711 outside. I you know New
1: York. you know I feel bad for this person, you know. I also do kind of think that that thing from of New Yorkers is annoying and it's yeah. unnecessary. The way I feel about this again is we don't have to be on a public forum. You know what I mean? Like all you New Yorkers like please talk with each other about how great the city is all the time. Go ahead. Go ahead and have a private, you know, Facebook group where you're all in there and saying like go to the like we love New York Facebook group and everybody posts in there like it doesn't all have to be, you know what I mean? Like it, this person didn't have to post for everybody like New York's the only place where you can get M&Ms. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the, let's let's close things up again. Let's get let's get the New York. Let's get the New York I want there to be separate forums. I've talked about this for a long time. We need to get back to separate forums. We need everybody to go back to, you know, if you want to talk New York, you got to go to like, you know, forums.newyorktalk.net or something like that. You know what I mean? newyork.twitter.com yeah, that's what I'm saying yeah they should take the trending topics just separate ones and you have to choose which one you want to sign up for <laughs> I would choose gaming Twitter if they were like now there's 70 Twitters you have to sign up for only one you bring your account to only one of them I'd be like I guess I'll go gaming I'll just go gaming
0: I would probably go pro wrestling personally I'd probably go pro wrestling
1: yeah maybe I'd go politics because that's the best place to stay in to like be annoying to everybody uh, That one was pretty strange. That one was a pretty strange one. Uh, uh, Again, it all felt very unnecessary. And then this is like kind of what happens with these meltdowns. is It's like an unrelated person comes in. <laughs> and like, oh, okay. Like, you know, this first person was not trying to say that. But then you come in and you're like, you know what? Like people think like, like pe- uh, coastal elites are like, you know, annoying and like think less of everyone else. And I'm going to say like, yes, we do. <laughs> Here I am like someone not personally, you know, paying the taxes or whatever, but just because I live in a certain place, I literally do think like I own you, you know, like, <laughs>
0: All right, so let's see what else we have. Should we? Did Movie Bob have one? I feel like Movie Bob has one. Movie
1: Bob had a really big one a couple weeks ago, which was the thing with what the hell is her name? Lindsay Ellis. Oh yeah, we can't we can't talk about that.
0: That's too like that's that's too dark. That's too like crushing. Already,
1: I had already. I I should say, you know, we can't talk about Movie Bob on this podcast because the last time we did, he had his like relatives like email me and shit. Like he had his like. Cousin email me mad because of the episode we did of on this podcast, uh where I read excerpts from his book. So we won't talk about movie Bob here because he'll tattle on me
0: to his niece to his cousin. <laughs>
1: his cousin. <laughs> he'll yeah. tattle on me to his movie cousin.
0: All right. So let's get uh into you know a little bit of the darker and more annoying uh meltdowns that political, are. Happening. Political, political meltdowns po- politics. Um lots of people Still arguing for some goddamn reason about the phrase defund the police and right. whether it is effective or not, whether it uh, costs Democrats races. By the way, it didn't. Um, that's just a narrative people are trying to create to uh give Democrats the excuse not to do anything about the police. This is like being pushed so clearly
1: post-election. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's clearly been, like, a full court press on, like, delegitimizing the idea of saying, you know, defund the police. And, you know, uh, uh, from day one post-election, it was, like, I think one of Nancy Pelosi's, like, right-hand people being, like, we got to stop saying this. Uh, um
0: Yeah, there's like a concerted effort. They weren't even saying in the first place. It was more like we're going to blame this for how poorly we did in this election. Right, right. The fact that anyone was
1: saying this is the reason why we all did badly, which, by the way, you know. Uh, um, it's not true. Uh, The Democrats like did badly because they put up like shitty neoliberal candidates for the most part. Uh, and like it is this really tough needle they're trying to thread where they're like, well, it's because of this that we lost. And I'm like, but yeah, you didn't say that you didn't yeah, say nobody was saying you it. didn't endorse that that's not what anybody was trying to say or whatever that, uh,
0: and, and and like who was talking about that in the like nobody was talking about the fundamental or of black lives matter in the final weeks of no, the election It you just no. it just was, was not like, in the, the conversation this was, like, this was it has been sticking in their craw since like
1: June and they've wanted to like litigate this but they're like not during the election and no, we can't do it now now after we can like sort of like castigate everyone and use it as like the cudgel And everything like that. Um, I I just like, you know, I I don't, I just honestly find it bullshit. (laughs) And uh, I don't think it's costing anybody any votes. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just really frustrating because, frankly, I think that the the phrase defund the police is like, you know, kind of restrained, you know? Yeah, very. We went from like, we went from abolish ICE and everyone was like, well, you can't abolish ICE. And then this one, we're like, well, okay, how about. Since 2000, like every police force has been funded at a level to make themselves into tiny militaries, like even small, like small police forces in Kenosha or whatever. They are as militarized as like the U.S. military. They all have huge. Like, how about like the fact that they've all been funded at this level to buy all this stuff? How about we just
0: defund that? They want to. and, and, And the thing is, they're not doing anything about it anyway. So why does the like the phrase doesn't even matter because it's not like the Democrats are make any efforts uh to do this but matt iglesias one of the worst worst people uh in Oof. on the planet one the, just a soulless soulless egg of a man um he's the he he did leave his job at uh vox to start a newsletter and i'm not joking about this called slow boring Oof. Uh, yeah um but this is what his take on defund the police is in my in IMO, the big problem with defund the police is that defunding the police is a bad idea. Austerity is bad. Public services are good. Policing is important. Yeah. And better policing will be more costly than bad policing, not cheaper. So, and he he did, I, I don't want to read his old thread, but he did make it very clear that he's saying that saying to defund the police is an austerity measure, which... If, if you're, you know, if you're like me, you probably go to the dictionary and just double check the definition of austerity that every single human being has, that you've ever heard, use, has ever used, just to make sure, because Matt Iglesias has invented a, a brand new one. Austerity means when you reduce a social public service to cut the budget or reduce the deficit or whatever. Defund the police is about taking the funds from the police and putting them towards social other social services that don't involve sending uh the former slave patrols to help people who are having mental health crisis right right uh, is it, your spit is not of you're not cutting the service per se you're just choosing a different you know provider. Of the service and putting the money, uh, the same amount of money to g- better use uh, for the citizens. So it is in no way, shape or form. Austerity. He, he's almost like
1: I swear to God, like Matt Iglesias is almost like the get fiscal account. You know what I mean? Like this is like angling to find, you know, except that it's funny when get fiscal does it. And it's like an intentional troll. Like what Matt Iglesias is doing is like carving out a position trying to like trying to find he this is like concern trolling is basically what it is like he doesn't even believe this yeah. he's just trying to find like the language of the left to like go back and like hit the left with it you know what I mean and he feels like he's being so clever with it this is like almost not worth engaging with even like as as an actual idea because it's just uh like like if anything you know the right way to deal with Matt Iglesias is the way people do which is just calling him an asshole and posting the big <laughs> pig poop balls at him you know what I mean? mean like i
0: mean he gets it more than any uh, any human being and he deserves
1: it (laughs) yeah (laughs) he deserves every little bit of it and i endorse uh any kind of targeted harassment against (laughs) managlesius
0: 100 Uh percent. oh i did want to mention you know about the scared liberalism around defund the police which is just the silliest shit to worry about after you after you know biden is going to be president like i like it's like they're pre coming up reasons to be cowardly. Like they're not even waiting till after the inauguration to get like scared of the left flank. Like they so want a sister soldier moment, which they got from Biden. Really. He said he's not he's against defunding the police every time uh, and like kiss the cop every time to ask him. Yeah. They get it from him every day. They, you know, Biden like like I I am of the
1: mind that I'm like, there is no there's no moving Biden to the left. That was obviously a joke always to begin with and like Biden should just be like fully opposed. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of groups want to work with Biden and like I get it. They also have like bigger responsibilities and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But like we should be wary that like Biden's an incoming president and, you know, a lot of people kind of are trying to curry favor with him right now. But the actual real reality of it is, is like. This man, like, hates the left, you
0: know, yeah. Like
1: he has, like, made his entire career off of, like, you know, sort of juxtaposing himself against the left. And that's what his presidency is going to be about, too. You know, I in a perfect world, like there'd be, like, huge protests against, like, Biden's inauguration. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this is like I think this is going to be one of the worst presidencies for labor, Uh, uh you know, that that. That there could be
0: but he's been you know filling out his cabinet with people who um mostly are garbage garbage yeah. a lot of it is obama
1: alums but we're getting the Ob- We're getting the Obama alums after they left the White House and go went to go do private sector work. Yes. So we're like getting them like not when they were like even even like potentially idealist or believed in anything. We're getting them like after they all went to go work for Uber and thought they were done, you know, like they're all just like coming back.
0: Yeah. Like they were someone was defending some people were defending, you know, this guy named Brian Deese who was you know brought up like he but he be, because he actually did kind of start off as maybe a legitimate Activist in the Obama administration, but he spent the past like seven years at this big private equity firm at BlackRock, Mm -hmm. you know, like helping their sustainable investing portfolio. Because they thought that they were all done.
1: They all thought that they were done in government. So time to cash in and try to do it in a way that like reads nice on, you know, the internet or something like, oh, I'm doing the, I'm in with one of the sustainable fucking, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, venture capital places. You know, uh, but they all went to go cash in afterward and well now they've returned. <laughs> oh wonderful, wonderful. And even worse, honestly, you know, I, I was posting about this before, but I'm like, you know, I, I really do think like what happened with Prop 22 here in California, uh, which was, you know, basically the the app companies uh uh carving out what they do um to not uh have labor laws uh apply to them more yeah yeah for Uh, people
0: for gig workers they don't have they're basically uh Running the WWE scam where they're not employees; they're uh, was it independent contractors or something like that, right? Yeah, and so they don't get any benefits or
1: right in California, we have laws for people that are actually employees, like you have to get benefits and all this kind of stuff. And so what Uber did was they, you know, paid million, hundreds of millions of dollars, or you know, tens of millions of dollars at least, uh, uh to you know, to pass this proposition saying that those laws do not apply to people that work for them. Uh, and it worked, and you know that is basically going to happen. It's already, you know, they're they're testing the waters in New York. It's probably going to happen in New York. Uh, that'll probably happen across the country, and um, it's probably one of the biggest threats to labor right now is like this rewriting of the labor code for the kind of job that will be the only one available uh, before too long.
0: Yeah, um, we we because we didn't talk about it, uh, what. Um... We haven't talked about it since the election, but um, the way they won it, they like when you open your if you were in California, every time you opened your Uber app, you would get a, like an ad telling you to vote for this proposition in order to help make the driver's lives better. Right. Um. Yes. No, that was like it was a huge and, you know.
1: Let's be frank here. Like, yes, there was a gigantic there's a gigantic it was the biggest uh, uh, proposition most money ever spent on a proposition. And, of course, like, you know, every single consulting house in California worked on it. Uh, every political consultant. Um Well, even
0: the ones that are going to work for like Democrats, of course,
1: the ones who work for Democrats, it's all Democrat alums who did this. And the other thing about all this is like, I think this is one of the biggest threats to labor happening in the country right now is they're going to like roll out new laws, uh, making gig workers like a subclass. And then basically like that's going to be all the work that is exists in America. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I just really don't think that Joe Biden's White House is going to do anything about it because fucking. Kamala Harris's brother-in-law is lead counsel for Uber and her niece is like former head of strategy for Uber. So I just don't think it's going to happen <laughs> under Joe Biden. I I really would I hope everybody pushes as hard as they can with Biden um and you know we should push him on every single thing but I I have low hopes uh uh, uh you know uh, for for progressive policy under the uh, the Joe Biden administration,
0: probably the best sign of that is um, the fact that Neera Tanden, <laughs> wow. um, uh the what, what was she the president of Center, uh, the, of, CEO. The, the, the CEO, the CEO of for the Center for American Progress and prolific Twitter user. This mm-hmm. is in her bio on CNN. Even CNN notices that she posts. Almost twice as much as uh, Trump. If you're listening to the show, she has probably angrily posted uh, at you and possibly uh, blocked you. She's I'm blocked. I'm blocked,
1: blocked by by, uh, she, by Neera Tandon.
0: It was very sad. I, I I got blocked by her because um, she was, she was basically lying about her participation in the 2016 planning for the Democratic democratic platform i forget which proposal she was fighting against but she was lying publicly about it and i posted the video of when she was actually saying actually no we shouldn't ha- <laughs> we shouldn't support the green new deal or medicare for all and like Num- uh, nomiki uh, Const was like sitting next to her and like retweeted too because like everybody saw her sitting there i in fact she was sitting next to cornell west and he had to sit there you know and you know what a centered loving man that is but you could just feel like how having to sit there and listen to her bullshit like was tearing him apart anyway this woman who even is reviled by the most lovable uh people on the left flank of the democrat i mean she
1: got like Matt brunick fired she when liz brunick was like pregnant i'm like this person like truly is like a very petty and fucked up individual
0: yeah, she is uh, going to be nominated to become the uh, Office of uh, Management and Budget uh, Director. I mean, she also, by the way, she also, by the way, broke a union,
1: busted a union in September 2019. Yes. 2019. So it's like, you know, we they can talk about like, if she'll be like, because oh, she also worked in the Bill Clinton administration, you know, or she worked in, yeah, under Bill Clinton. Yeah, she's, in, a, in, like,
0: she's a Clintonite. Uh, in in time, welfare
1: reform. She worked in welfare reform, which means, you know cutting welfare under bill clinton
0: the last big thing she
1: did was busting a union in 2019 <laughs> yeah. uh, the think progress uh, uh paper was going to unionize and so they shut down the entire fucking thing. yeah they shut down the
0: entire uh website which is yes. just straight up union busting but whatever go ahead it's so wild that think progress does not exist anymore because of her because that was like a huge website right the last like story is like uh, k- about Kirst- uh, Kristen Stewart's, uh, you know, trying to promote Charlie's Angels. What a wow! wow. Note. No, that or- feels right. Actually, that feels right for <laughs> near
1: attendance. For near think progress. Union busted. Think progress. To like be about Elizabeth Banks's Charlie's Angels is going to be so
0: important. <laughs> oh man, very uh, and very, and a lot of people were upset about this nomination because obviously. Nira Tandon is not someone that is very well liked on the left wing of the party, and people were looking for a sign from the Biden administration that they were going to pick, give us, give them something, give the Sanders people something, and instead he just gave them this big "fu." And the funny thing that got reported is actually that. uh this is a kind of, uh, a reporter said this that actually when the Biden people told them like oh we picked Nera because she is supposed to be one of the, our left people this is a gift to the left to pick Nera to it." so that's where the Biden Overton window uh is
1: um yeah, uh, uh <laughs> you know, that is uh, Nira is not really well liked by anybody, but uh, you know, I, I really think the Nira pick, uh, was you know, because she's just someone kind of who's in the Democratic ranks, but then also it was a nice fuck you to the entire like Sanders, you know, everybody that was involved with Sanders. I also liked that Elizabeth Warren um quote tweet and was like i think she's great or something like oh, that oh god of course i do
0: i do want to talk about how great it is that uh elizabeth warren was passed over like everybody thought she was going to be what uh, uh, secretary of treasury right yeah. well well not everybody thought i think maybe only she <laughs> thought. they wanted that yeah <laughs> yeah but uh i did think it was so nice that she you know, like loyalty matters. And she, you know, stabbed the left in the back not once nor twice by not making an endorsement uh, in 2016 and then running herself running a terrible campaign and then not dropping out for a Super Tuesday, even though she knew she was going to lose. And the votes that she gathered would just be completely wasted. And staying in only because she was able to get super PAC money super from a millionaire. Money. Yeah. millionaire ran out of her own money. A billionaire. Yeah, which she promised she would not do that. So it was nice to see her get absolutely nothing uh for it whatsoever uh, it, it's it's kind of funny because i feel like maybe that was even biden's personal call it's like you know what you betrayed bernie like why should i like reward you for that you're, you you like turn your back on your friend you're always hanging out with each other you're supposed to be the left wing on the flank you you're sitting at their table at the fucking senate and, he's, and he sees you like not be loyal to him. Why should he fucking trust you? Why should he bring you in?
1: Uh, if Joe Biden would just come out and say it, that would maybe get some goodwill from me. You know, <laughs> if he could just go out and say it outright. So Aaron Rupar is this guy who does for Vox like the, the he watches Fox news for them all day. That's what Aaron Rupar's job is, is for Vox.com. He watches Fox news all day and pulls clips from it and posts them to his
0: Twitter. Right. Is that am I like wrong with this guy? That is that is that is his job. His job is entirely dependent on Fox News and he watches Fox News all day. Okay, so this guy just watches Fox News all day
1: and pulls clips from it. Uh, He has like 500,000 followers on Twitter because he, you know, Posts a lot of clips, I
0: guess, (laughs) of Fox News,
1: of Fox News, because he works for a company that has like a clip pulling suite that he has access to. You know what I mean? Like, there's no real uh, uh, rocket science to this. What Aaron Rupar likes to do is every time anyone who is even like remotely left goes on Fox News, he makes a big fucking stink about it. Whether it's, you know, Glenn Greenwald going on Tucker Carlson, which everybody gets annoyed about. But even yesterday, he got pissed off about like Ro Khanna, I guess, going on the Laura Ingram show. Um, And then he posts a full clip of it. And it's Ro Khanna talking like about like, you know, it it was good stuff. Actually, it was him talking about like how the economy doesn't work for everybody and shit like that. And, you know, lover or hater, you know, the the and I obviously hate her. The Laura Ingram show gets millions and millions of viewers every night. Um, I also think that, you know, what they do over at CNN and Fox is pretty evil as well. Uh, me, CNN and MSNBC. I'm sorry, yeah, CNN and MSNBC. Uh, all for-profit cable news is evil, but uh, uh Aaron Rupar really likes to uh, uh carve out a special, like, little angry spot for whenever anyone associated with the left goes on Fox now. You know, is he upset when Pete Buttigieg goes on Fox? No, that he thinks is like good because that's Pete Buttigieg
0: speaking truth to people who don't normally hear it or something. Ro Khanna went on Democrat from California uh, fairly progressive uh, he said I uh, I'm not sure why in, any Democrat would validate Laura Ingram's show by going on it for a friendly interview, but that's what Ro Khanna just did. Wow, wow, you're gonna
1: validate Laura Ingram like that like go off but whatever. Yeah couldn't okay. be me couldn't be me but yeah. go off
0: yeah october 22nd just uh, like uh, just a few weeks ago um props to pete buddhage for going on fox news and routinely speaking truth to people who aren't used to hearing it. uh his boss matt iglesias when he was po- when he was doing his
1: dumbass book about like one billion people went on ben shapiro and, like, talked about, like, American greatness and all this kind of shit. And, like, where were the clips of that? What about when Matt Glacius went on the Ben <laughs> Shapiro show with dangerously platforming uh, uh, Ben Shapiro like that or whatever the fuck you said?
0: And, yeah. So when Bernie went on uh, Fox and did his town hall, which, like, everybody who watched it said was great. And he won a bunch of people over. Um, he uh, He had this to say. Bernie Sanders is going on the White Nationalism Network oh to my talk God. about the economy and jobs in scare quotes. Wow! Like, so, hey, by the way, I would like to say about Aaron about Aaron Rupar.
1: This was passed on to me by Eamon Whalen, who's a writer. Oh, let's uh, get into it. This is fun. This is. Fun. I mean,
0: this is like some
1: crazy shit, actually. So, so Aaron Rupar is posting. Like all this shit about you're going on the fucking Laura Ingram show. She says all this fucked up shit and it's about racist form. She says racist stuff. And yes. you're you're legitimizing her by saying that someone this guy even uh, uh, Whalen messages me and, and posted about it too. you know, Aaron Rupar got in a bunch of trouble back in Minneapolis, you know, back in like 2012, because and this is an article that Aaron Rupar wrote about a two year old black kid that was killed like yes. by like by like by like errant gunfire or something and what Aaron Rupar does for this article is like looks into the boy's family and like his and like their criminal record and shit like yes. that. So the, there's a five year old that was killed. And then Aaron Rupar looked into this five year old's family basically on Facebook, like said all this shit about their like criminal history and stuff, even down to like this boy's grandmother's yeah. criminal history, which I'm like, I really don't think it's relevant. And then at the end of it, Aaron Rupar speculates on his own like this is not like from anything he says on his Facebook profile Niz describes himself as such I go to school and work all the time I'm executive producer CEO artist father gangsta and gentleman. the Pie Press reports that he's a rapper performing under the name business and then this is Aaron Rupar saying this in authorial voice he says perhaps one of his favorite rappers inspired him to name his now deceased son Nizzle according to Urban Dictionary Nizzle is Snoop Dogg's way of saying and he just says the N-word there.
0: Yeah. I, I don't even know if that's how you would pronounce that because it could be Nizel. I know. So he, Yeah. Because he, first of all, so he spells it wrong. Right? He does the spell name it wrong. Is not, the name is not spelled N-I-Z-Z-L-E, which is what Snoop Dogg says. Right. You, you know, because it was like a huge thing for, right. in that year. Right. Like people were always saying fascism, my nizzle. All right. So like right. there's a canonical spelling to it, which is not that child's name. He just came up with this. Yes, of his own volition. And so, you know, people got really upset by
1: this. Like there was there was articles around there. There was even like, you know, somebody wrote uh, like poetry about it, I guess. And people were upset by this because basically Aaron Rupar just speculated that this boy was named after the N word. Yeah. While writing an article about how this boy's family. I guess is maybe in some way re- like responsible for his death or like is because like, of, yeah, I guess because they also, I mean, and by the way, of course you're like, would this article ever be written about a white kid who died? And of course the answer is no, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, in the world we live in now, you know, uh, uh, in black lives matter and everything like that. I'm like, You know, what is more fucked up, actually? What is more fucked up? Is it Ro Khanna going on the Laura Ingram show? Like, what actually contributes more to the problems? Is it Ro Khanna going on the Laura Ingram show to say this economy doesn't work for everyone? Or is it a supposedly left or liberal blogger doing, like, takedown articles about dead kids' parents? Yeah. And then speculating that they're named after the N-word.
0: Yeah, and I, I do want to say You know, it, that article was a long time ago That was in the heydays now listen, of it was blogging. 2012
1: It was 2012, yeah, it was not
0: yeah, that yeah, long yeah. ago Not that long ago, but I do want to say I just want to make clear that If he weren't still like such Asshole now, I wouldn't even bring it up Right, honestly It would give like, a shit, it would give a yeah, shit Yeah, yeah But boo. this guy sucks,
1: this guy sucks And he's being like, you know this. How dare you platform such bigotry I'm like, well, how dare you platform yeah,
0: such sir bigotry Your I mean, own sir how
1: dare right. you platform bigotry that you yourself wrote
0: yes all right and uh, moving on to the final and perhaps biggest and darkest and probably long and ongoing because we are going to get a uh, uh, definitely a volume two of this the obama memoirs uh Oof. slow leaks uh, I say slow leaks. The book. I think. The, believe the book is already out.
1: Oh, it's out, but people are just reading it. It's very boring
0: yeah it's very boring and like it's taking like a week for like people to find some tidbits man I can't even fucking
1: handle it this shit just like sounds so boring
0: it's so long too and it's the first one is longer than Dune read Dune don't
1: read this everything I've read about it is like it's so weird and of course it's the most Obama thing ever it seems like the entire thing is just him like explaining why they couldn't make a choice or else like just trusting the Republicans like hook line and sinker which i'm like i don't even believe this guy believes this stuff i think he wants people to believe that he does because he just didn't want to do anything because well i don't know maybe he's cia but we'll talk about that another time
0: i mentioned on the show before like you're never gonna know who the rock actually is as a real person right, right. you don't you're never gonna meet that person i don't yeah. think who is obama
1: what does he want i will never know
0: There is an idea of a Patrick
1: Bateman. Some kind of abstraction. But there is no real me. Only an entity, something illusory. And though I can hide my
0: cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable, I simply am not there. Patrick Bateman, I am simply not there. We will never know. So this book entirely is, is fiction. It is him as you just said, it is him writing the story that he that he, that he wants us to hear. Not even necessarily believe. He wants cuz some of this stuff is obviously like upsetting to people, but to the right, people is upsetting to people on the uh left for the most part, and I really do think that's deliberate. I do not believe he believes a single word of anything in these memoirs. This is all just seems very, very like calculated. I,
1: I can't even handle it. I downloaded the entire audiobook of it, and I'm like, I can't. Even look at this file. I can't even look at this 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 evil file. So Obama has a production company, which is truly bizarre even to begin with. Which is you know he makes television shows now. Uh, A long time ago, they announced that the first thing that they acquired was this book, The Fifth Risk, which even is bizarre to begin with because that's a book about the transition from the Obama administration to the Trump administration. So that's the book they're optioning was like about his presidency, and now they're making that they're down. Adapting that into a sketch comedy show with Adam ruins everything. So I, I don't know what to tell you, folks, but, you know, wait, they're adapting the thriller into the sketch comedy. They show? are adapting the fifth risk, which was what? a nonfiction. Yep. A nonfiction book about the transition from Obama's administration to Trump's there. Now that is being adapted into a sketch comedy show called the G word With High Hair Adam from Adam Ruins Everything. That's not a joke. That's all real reality. Oh, Jesus that is just propaganda straight up. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're making a show about how government functions and it's being produced by the former president and whose vice president is now like running the state running.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Literally
1: propaganda. You know what I mean? Like, like here's how government works from an impartial person. It's just a fun sketch show that is literally actually so close to state media and propaganda. It's insane. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Uh, And also everybody's going to be so weird about Trump doing his, Reality streaming whatever bullshit He does after office and they should be But it's also extremely weird that Obama Did it first
0: yeah yeah like he he Set the precedent you can't really like complain
1: obama did it first and it wasn't even like because trump was doing it already or anything like that he just set up a production shingle after leaving the white house and now uh lives in martha's vineyard and appears only via zoom (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh, uh so obama's been doing this press tour over his book now his big giant fucking tome of only the first you know term of his presidency which already is his like he's already written this is like his like fourth autobiography already
0: but whatever
1: he's uh, not that interesting i know oh, like, like this like... guy wrote an autobiography about how like he went to college like this man <laughs> after he went to college was like well that was interesting enough i should write a yeah you're not braced Easton ellis dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway so he's doing this big tour and he goes on Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert asked him, like, well, you know, do you regret the drone strikes? And he says, like, he's like, I don't regret them because it actually was, you know, far there was far fewer casualties than there would have been, you know, with troops on the ground. You know, also that kind of like disregards the other option. That's not of, really the question. Yeah. of Not killing anybody. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, well, you know, given that what we're going to do definitely is be killing people in the Middle East. Obviously, it's better that more Americans don't die while we do it. I'm like, well, I just have to disagree with the premise there you know what i mean yeah. like you don't have to say yes to every uh, uh death um but yeah like it's pretty chilling footage watching this man sit with quizzling fucking stephen colbert twisted and golemified by access can um, i say
0: i've always hated stephen colbert i have a place in my heart for john stewart never got fucking got Stephen Colbert never liked him, never liked his fucking weird religiosity that he tries to keep hidden, but is absolutely the driving force in his life. It's there. Uh, I don't like that. It's there. I
1: like that he talks shit to Bush, and I kind of always had a soft spot in my heart because he did that, you know, the the fucking president's dinner or whatever I think
0: that's the worst thing I ever well, look, th- i, hate I pres- think if
1: i look i hate presidential dinners now and i now know about them but i can't deny that when i saw that and i was like young i was like whoa that was cool that he like talked shit to bush or whatever
0: oh god he, he that's uh, your young impressionable mind oh my it god it's fucked up what he did to you that's fucking grooming that wow. was grooming you <laughs> to become a liberal <laughs> wow
1: wow Wow. Okay, well, it didn't work, I guess, but, you know, yeah, it did for a little God.
0: bit. <laughs> he did chime in on the defund the police thing as well, saying that it's a it's a bad slogan. Uh,
1: I, I have I, I have a quick update here that I hadn't seen this yet. It's just from a couple hours ago. Crooked Media has an article up now called Near a Tandon or Bust.
0: Yes, I just saw that, too. <laughs> because. And they're framing it as like, we need to protect her because the Republicans don't like her for her mean tweets. When in reality, it's everyone who doesn't like her for her mean tweets and the union busting and outing the name of outing the victim of sexual harassment, doing an all hands meeting.
1: Just a really vile person, truly. Just truly a bad and awful person
0: amazing she's not on the flight logs amazing just a few
1: years on. too late just a few years too late not important enough to be on the flight logs jealous of those who got to go yeah uh, this she wants to she wants to be on the next flight logs whoever's
0: doing the next one oh yeah
1: the elon musk flight <laughs> logs yeah
0: yeah so uh obama said that you lose people this he went on a fucking uh,
1: snapchat show to say this
0: That's so insulting. He's on a vertical,
1: like, orientation Snapchat show where the host asks him. He's like, obviously, like, socialism seems like cool because Bernie's cool and like AOC is cool. But like, how do we make like capitalism cool? Like, that is the question he asks in the (laughs) fucking thing. And he responds like, you know, we lose with snappy slogans like
0: defund the police. Yeah. You lost a big audience the minute you say it, which makes it a lot less likely that you're actually going to get the changes you want done under obama the republicans successfully abolished um, acorn which was this huge voter organization and they didn't they didn't say reform acorn they said abolish uh acorn they got rid of it they said defund planned parenthood there is a defund planned parenthood bill these and these efforts have been successful these efforts it's not like people like like, like, I don't understand what the what the premise is. Like, yeah, uh, you know, Democrats get mad when Republicans say defund Planned Parenthood. But then, like, a few of them seem to break off because the other side is so stringent and strident and demands what they want and says what they want. It, it has worked in the past few years. And also, obviously. by the
1: way, and also, by the way, even if you are a believer in stupid fucking incrementalism, which actually doesn't work, um, Even just basic negotiation tells you, like, you start further and you end with less. You know what I mean? Like, even if you want to make the fucking stupid, you know, uh, incrementalism argument, you don't start whatever. We've had this conversation. I'm just exhausted.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's dive back into the dark, (laughs) the six head world of uh, Obama's memoirs. Uh, so he said uh, this uh, when we talk about uh, the Reverend Wright uh, situation. And for people who don't remember, Reverend Wright was Obama's reverend. He was a man that he knew, went to his church. And Obama, at the very first opportunity, uh, sold this fellow black men out because white. he was scared white people were going to get bad at him, basically, because these clips uh, showed Reverend Wright saying true things about how racist America is, and how 9/11 was the result of fucking blowback from our war mongering across uh, the globe, and Obama deliberately distanced himself from him, disinvited him from stuff, and this is a man like he knew, right? Like they weren't just—I don't think they were—they they were just like casual acquaintances, but he really did uh, do him dirty because Reverend Wright is, you know, pretty to the far to the left uh, of Obama, and he talks about that here, and you know, it was a big question. Like, why do you why was Obama so quick to distance himself from him when he sat and listened to these sermons? Well, Obama gives you the story that he thinks you want to hear about this. And I'll just read it that Reverend Wright came to pastor in an overwhelmingly white denomination gives some indication of his practical side. Not only did the United Church of Christ value serious scholarship, uh, something he emphasized every Sunday, but it had the money and infrastructure to help him build his congregation. So this is Obama acknowledging that Reverend Wright was pretty fucking cool with white people. Like he was good at his fucking job. He raised money and people liked him. What was once a state church with fewer than one hundred members grew to six thousand during his tenure, a rollicking, bustling place containing the multitudes that make up Black Chicago. Bankers and former gang members, Kinte Robes and Brooks Brothers Seuss acquire that wow, some really interesting dichotomies from uh I a know mama, uh, wow. a, a, a black man that's a really weird thing. Uh, from for from, you to- from from bankers mm-hmm. to former gangsters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, a choir that could rock classic gospel and the hallelujah chorus in a single service. His sermons were full of pop references, slang, humor, and genuine religious insight that not only prompted cheers and shouts from his members, but burnished his reputation as one of the best preachers in the country. That's the good part. He was able to bring uh, the two types of black people together, the <laughs> gang members and the bankers uh, Along together. Along with Mike. Along with whites, uh, many many whites, um, but it, it, it did it. It, it is it also it. funny,
1: like Obama is being like this guy was really really good at it. He was so good at preaching, and uh, and then the next paragraph is going to be, and so I destroyed him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and now this is him remarking back when he had no problem with Wright, uh, but well, he didn't say it. But this is the narrative he we, he wants us to think. There were times when I found Reverend Wright's sermons a little over the top in the middle of a scholarly explication of the book of Matthew or Luke he might insert a scathing critique of america's drug war american militarism capitalist greed or the intractability of american racism rants that were usually grants gr- rants that were usually grounded in fact but bereft of context Wow. Grounded in fact, but bereft of context. Well, of course,
1: the context is that, uh, you know, the those kids were selling weed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so funny to actually li- for him to list the drug war there. Two and first, right? Because you could say, all right, on su- a certain level, Obama is committed to defending militarism, capitalism, right? But like, why would he defend the drug war here? I, that's so bizarre to me. Um, uh, But he continues... Often these speeches sounded dated as if he were channeling a college teach-in from 1968 rather than leading a prosperous congregation that included police commanders, celebrities, wealthy business people, and the Chicago school superintendent. And every so often what he said was just wrong. Edging close to the conspiracy theories one heard on late night public access stations or in the barbershop down the street. It was as if this erudite, middle-aged, light-skinned black man, mentioned his skin color for some reason, were straining for street cred, trying to keep it real. Or maybe he just recognized, both within his congregation and within himself, the periodic need to let loose, to release pent-up anger from a lifetime of struggle in the face of chronic racism, reason, and logic be damned. Whole
1: lot going on there. So it came time to destroy him. uh When my when it came
0: time for me to become president, he had to be destroyed. Hate to say projection because we do not know what is in the black abyss that Obama calls a soul. But him claiming that Reverend Wright was the light skinned affluent <laughs> black man who was trying to get street cred is such amazing amazing projection from the person that i think obama might be <laughs> it's probably like completely and utterly uh, ridiculous yeah like the fact that like and obama thinks it's a knock that this guy is speaking criticizing the drug war The drug war in front of these police commanders who go to his church because it's popular like like Obama, like is basically saying he kind of didn't get like that Reverend Wright was actually maybe trying to do, which is like make the church really popular and then actually influence all these bougie assholes who go to the church. Uh, to be seen which is why obama went to that church to be seen and to make his way in politics like reverend wright was actually trying to like give some gospel to these like sorry sacks of shit and obama is just like he does not understand they didn't even contemplate it or at least the obama of the book the character obama in the book did not even think about that
1: i can't even begin to imagine how twisted my mind would be if i read 800 pages of obama's monday morning quarterbacking about every decision he ever ever didn't make pretty much
0: (laughs) 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 all right folks that was struggle session stay stay offline it's it's bad it's gonna be Uh, really
1: bad this month i think
0: yeah yeah an
1: online game you know find yourself an online game and
0: find a safe place to hide out hibernate during this wild out winter peace bye